Hello there, and welcome to Common Rider AA, a podcast where we made a mistake. I'm sorry. No, I, that, that's not fair. I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. If if you if you're one of those people that like listens to the intro and then watches the episode after the intro, don't don't watch this movie. It's bad. It's very bad. Also, uh, Adam and Amber are here. Uh, Amber, great to have you again. This movie isn't bad. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just awesome in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorites and i i am biased but it's one of my favorites because it's so stupid it throws all the wrenches it can into her already shaky background lore and what no 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 the, the 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 background lore i think is the least the background lore is the best part of this movie because it's like look we have some yeah it's the least broken part of this story yeah if it's nowhere in the timeline at all like, I was literally trying to figure it out last night while I was watching this. It does not fit <laughs> anywhere. On the Kamen Rider wiki, they they have a they they have a thing where they're like, well, okay, this is the time in the show that it might theoretically take place in. And it, no, it, it doesn't say this is when it takes place. It says, well, all right, just based on the situations, it's somewhere between these episodes, but after the... Based, you're right, it can, literally cannot be anywhere. I think it's like technically an AU movie. Like, even just the first five minutes don't make sense, because why the hell is Wataru in high school? He's like 22 years old. Yeah, yeah. Why is this 22-year-old business owner going to high school? Why is he being visited by a, a freaking social worker like he's a child and then being told to go to high school? This movie makes no sense. Now it's super fun. In the nonsense that it is, because it is absolutely nonsense. The thing is, the reason, the reason for the school plot line is so he can meet that uh, girl who doesn't matter to the movie, right? Yeah, <laughs> which he could have met her anyways, but they wanted yeah, to put him in school. Yeah because, yeah, because later she's at the cafe working as a part-time worker. Yeah, they could have Why just done that. Okay, yeah, is this a trope in Common Rider, the whole... There's a kid who hates a thing, but the heroes make them like the thing. Yeah. I mean, that's just a trope in superheroes in general, I think. Yeah, I mean. Also, I was worried you were going to say, is this a trope where like a 20-year-old goes to high school? And I was racking my brain being like, is that what the ghost movie is about? (laughs) I haven't watched the ghost movie. I am behind on Comrader movies since like Wizard. Fun, fun, it's the uh, ghost movie with Kamen Rider Ichigo. And I was thinking about it. And despite the fact that Takaru should be in high school, he doesn't go to high school in that movie. Instead, Takeshi Hongo becomes a high school teacher and just like, just straight up just does a uh, an inspirational speech to the children about believing in the future and it's the best shit. That sounds fantastic. And, and we could have watched that. We could have watched that. We could have watched an interesting take on the idea of society whether or not you should if you you know see something say something and also a hard take line on a hard like takedown about the ideas of neo-nazis and people who like allow them to exist instead we got comrade kiva king of the castle castle in the the demon demon world hey you know what we got like a medusa lady and a mummy and a a weird gothic castle that makes no sense because there's a gothic castle in Japan for some reason, let alone a gothic castle in Japan for some reason that they don't immediately go, hmm, maybe they're there. 
there, there, there isn't even a demon world. There, it's just Japan. Oh, and our convenient, our convenient time travel door. I, I don't care about the time travel door because that is established canon. It's not established canon as to when this movie should be taking place. That's like the main thing that doesn't make sense. Besides everybody's attitudes that always fluctuate in Kiva, so that like kind of makes sense, is he doesn't know about the door in the show, but they introduce the door in the movie, and he doesn't know about the door in the movie either. <laughs> or weirdly specific canon door. Nago goes through the door in the TV show before the movie came out. Yeah, but Wataru goes through it too. Wataru also yeah, gets the chance on. to end himself, and he just doesn't. <laughs> There's so many things in this movie. Don't make sense. Uh, shall we jump into it? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, Comrade Kiva, King of the Castle and the Demon World, is a uh, is a Common Rider movie. Aired August 9th, two thousand eight. Written by Toshiki Inoue and directed by Ryuta Tasaki. Uh, the movie's catchphrase is an aerial war that challenges the ancient king. The strongest parent-child riders in history attacks a giant rider. I mean, that's pretty concise and not wrong. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. We start things off with an event called the Ancient Expo 2008 being set up. A couple of workers unbox a slab with a mummified face embedded in it. As a man examines the space, a couple of fangar fangs materialize and kill him via the usual neck pokies. As this man falls over dead, we see a white guy behind him turn into the antlion fangire. Before this fangire can raise more of a ruckus, it takes several shots from none other than Megami. The antlions, tr- they don't have a true name. Aww. Aww. Oh. <laughs> what? The true name is my favorite best. part. Oh, he's just antlion. <laughs> and we get a moment for Megumi to actually be cool until the next stuff happens. <laughs> uh-huh. <coughs> Megami gets shit on in this movie. So bad. Like, both of them do, honestly, but her mostly. Uh-huh. But yes, Megami gets tossed around by the antlion, and fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, Keisuke comes to her aid. He literally calls her useless. Yep. Like, he's maximum, maximum asshole in this movie. So if you like asshole and Lago, have fun. Mm-hmm. Keisuke comes, he henchings into Iksa, and they both beat the snot out of the antlion. While the spite is going down, the slab with the face crumbles into bits, revealing that a mummy-like creature was entombed within it. This, this wasn't planned. The antlion didn't come here to revive the mum- the, the, the mummy legadorium. This was a legitimate coincidence, and that just is wild to me. Like, I, I know that if, if this was a decent movie, I would ignore the coincidence that the mummy guy, like, revives at the same time that the antlion attacks. But because it's a bad movie, I can't let it go. That's what makes it better. That's what makes the bad movie a good movie, in a bad way. <laughs> Because it's that uh-huh. ridiculous. Like, it, it's it's not even that like some life force and accidentally leaked out and like awakened the mummy Legadoran. Legadoran. Legadoran? Legendorga. Legendorga. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's 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 not like the fang guy or accidentally awakened the Legendorga. No, it, it's uh, somehow at that m- very moment 
the legend Orga's lord was just about to awaken and uh, after 22 years of just chilling in prison i mean uh-huh. 22 years of just chilling for every monster in this show so it kind of makes sense yep well well i mean the thing the i mean the thing is the monsters in the show aren't necessarily chilling like they like they fight they fight the 1986 team and they're like well okay i'm out and they go and do fangai yourself elsewhere there's like no reason to suspect they aren't continuing to eat people. But for this guy, we canonically know exactly what he was doing for those 22 years. And the answer is chilling. Yeah, he was just chilling in a dude. Yeah, doing Fangar things. <laughs> Actually, he's not a Fangar. He's a Legend Gorga, even though he looks like one. Um... The mummy shoots out a bunch of masks from its body that slap themselves onto a couple civilians and kind of horrifically drag their bodies into the mummy's own. We see a woman's face get just shoved into the mummy's body and stitches just form over her eyes and her mouth and she just gets assimilated into its body and it's pretty horrific. Yep, just casual body horror. It's fine. The mummy remarks that his awakening can only mean that his lord's resurrection is at hand. Back at the fight with the Fangire, Megami and Ixa have basically incapacitated the antlion. The mummy walks out and pops one of its masks onto the fallen Fangire, raising it. It looks pretty bad. It looks terrible. I thought they had movie budget, but they they spent it all on the bad fight between Ixa, Kiva, and Ark. The mummy raises the the antlion Fangire to do its bidding. And the mummy grabs Ixa with some prehensile bandages and proceeds to beat Keisuke out of his henching state. Uh, th- th- this scene was actually pretty good. Him holding Keisuke by the neck and then it dehensioning like on screen like that with the little particle effects. Mm-hmm. And the noise. The noise was a nice touch. So yeah, Megumi and Keisuke then retreat. In Castle Duran, the arms monsters have been observing the battle through some magical tarot cards. Ricky and Jiro seem to recognize the mummy, and Jiro notes that if this entity is loose, it won't be much longer until the human race is destroyed, and cue title card. And that's basically the last you see of the best characters in all of you. <laughs> I'm barely in this film, just like the television show. So Jiro's, like, relatively old, and, like, he was a, he was a member of his warrior race, and the and the and the legend Dorga were apparently so so dangerous that you know the Fangars were like, all right, let's like wipe them out. Do, do you think maybe Jiro? Helped? No, that was Kiva. Kiva was the one who suppressed them, not the Fangars. The, the first Fangire king using Kiva suppressed them. Oh, well, you just spoiled something for me. I mean, it was in the text of the film. Well, they didn't say it was the first one. They just said Kiva did it. And Kiva yeah. is king of the vampires, so yes. But the Fangire thought every race was dangerous and murdered all of them. That's why there's yeah, only okay. one so, left. Yeah, so. except for the hobbits. <laughs> Cano- canonically, the hobbits are servant race to the Fangire. The hobbits? Yeah, this is it's in the Kiva novel. Oh my god, the Kiva. Uh, the Kiva novel also like cuts out seventy five percent of the plot. Actual also, good part of the plot. <laughs> like, also just changes it for no reason? Yeah. 
It's because uh, that's what Inoue wanted to write, because he writes the novel. But do, do you think Jiro helped in the campaign against Legend Dorga? No. Uh, I, I, I don't think so. I think he would have just been trying to keep the wolf in safe and not anyone else. Yeah. He's a lone wolf. Yeah. He doesn't care about anybody but his family. That's why he's the way he is. Yeah, he's so cool. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, I want to point out that uh, Ramon didn't recognize it, but, you know, Ricky did, which is pretty interesting. I guess it confirms that Ramon is younger than them, even though, like, he doesn't age. He says his age in the show. He does say his age. It's somewhere over a hundred, so I th- it's reasonable to assume he's the youngest of the trio. Mm-hmm. They don't establish it very well, but they're, it's like he's a kid compared to them. Yeah. At a high school called Morira, a teacher is introducing Wataru Kurenai as a transfer student to his class. And also eras- uh, erasing a piece of uh, yellow chalk writing that says, I will make you cry. Yeah, because the that's the voice. They're all four of them are in there. All four of the voice actors for the Imagine, because we can't let Deno go. Uh, Adam doesn't know what Deno is. I'm pretty sure. I do not know this reference. No. It's the uh, the show that's on right before this one, before Kiva is Comrade Deno, and it is absolutely insanely ridiculously popular. Um, still making media for Deno to this day. Yeah, they still make huh. it, and. All four of the voice actors for the main four characters, which are basically the arms monsters, except... Not as cool. Um, <laughs> not ignore... Like, I'm pretty sure the arms monsters only exist because the Imagine were popular in Deno. Like, 75% of Kiva's problems were we're trying to do Deno again in a show we didn't plan to do Deno again in. Um, but they, the teacher is one of the voice actors for those monsters from that show. And all four of them are there. Yeah, he's Kentaros, whose catchphrase is, my strength will make you cry. Hence the, yeah, all, they say all their catchphrases, all four of them. Well, they say their catchphrases a little bit different. Yes, a little bit. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Wataru timidly introduces himself, and the teacher directs him to take a seat next to a girl named Natsuki Sukue. Wataru attempts to take said seat, but his chair gets yoinked away by an asshole. Where's Mio? I miss her. Same. Yeah, like... Where is she? She's yeah, supposed to be she... in high school. Why isn't she... Mio? No, she's an adult. She has is a job. Is she an adult? Does she have a job? I don't yeah. see. I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah we, we, we meet her when she's, like, being a waiter for the group date, and then she gets a delivery job. Oh, Mio. The, uh... I'm thinking of the other girl. Shiska, yeah. Yeah, that girl. That's who I'm thinking of, not Mio. She's in high school. Yeah, where's yeah. she? <laughs> uh, she shows up in the next scene, actually. Uh, we flash back to Cafe Maldemore, where Wataru is telling Megami and Shizuka that a social worker told him to go back to high school at, for reasons. So this plot is even more ridiculous because high school isn't compulsory in Japan. So he literally does not have to go. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't say I'm being forced to. He says, he said I should, and I don't know how to say no to people because I guess we forgot my character development. So I'm just going to go to high school now. All character development is fought. <laughs> it's forgotten in this movie. Also, he he doesn't go to Shizuka's high school. It's like, right. well, I could just go to this random high school, which for some reason is filled with these voice actors. Or I could go to high school with my mom. I'm going to go to this random one filled with voice actors. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you do that? 
Shizuka supports Wataru going to high school, but Megami opposes this, since in this non-canon version of events, she knows that Wataru is Kiva. Also, she opposes it at first, then Boss is like, ah, uh, the stove is dying, it's so worthless. And then Megami has, I guess, a PTSD trigger? <laughs> I mean, I would, from fucking Nago's attitude. <laughs> like... I don't I don't like I, I don't I don't like using those words lightly, but like that's basically what it is, but so poorly written. And then after she's like I was after boss like I was talking about the stove, pulls up the stove, it's like, oh haha, watch her, you should go to high school, bye. Yeah, I think it's because the word for stove in Japanese sounds a lot like Megami's name, and so she just misinterpreted that as boss saying that she's useless. It, it doesn't matter. She just immediately leaped to someone calling her useless in the middle of a conversation that wasn't even about her. I, I just looked up what stove is in Japanese. It's sutobu. Oh, never mind. Yeah, like, I, it's... Is that the only word of, for stove? I thought I thought he said megu. For... Uh, it, it might be. Also, I'm pretty sure stove is a loan word. Kind of like electricity or computer. Language is very interesting. Language is very interesting, but man, just ugh. go hit Nago in the balls. <laughs> like he deserves it. In this like, the last we saw, the last we saw of him, we he got some of his character development, and now he's just half the time he's asshole Nago, and the other half the time he's like, oh no, my ex boyfriend's here, Nago. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Nago. <laughs> we keep that Nago. <laughs> like, uh. Also, when Nago's ex-boyfriend comes in, I'm gonna have some words about what the fuck is this, this stupid ass movie. Yep. We cut back to the school where Wataru gets scouted by some of the school's club recruiters. Two of those recruiters are the two other. Imagine the soccer one. Mind if I stop you? I can't hear you. And then the uh, the one playing what was it? Shogi. The shogi. Yeah, the shogi one is one of. Mind the other if ones. I box you in? <sighs> yeah, that that was a weird ass line. So that's his catchphrase. Yeah, well, his catchphrase is "Mind if I reel you in?" Because all the imagine are based off of Japanese legends. Mamotaro says Mamotaro. Kentaro's Kentaro. Uritaro's uh, Uritaro. Uh, Ryutaro's Ryutaro. And uh, Uritaro was a fisherman. He's a fisherman turtle, and he likes to reel you in. He hits on ladies a lot. It's very funny. <laughs> All the club recruiters end up passing up on Wataru when his apparent incompetence comes to light. At the end of the school day, Wataru hears some violin music coming from a music room. He steps inside to see Natsuki playing. Whose violin is uh, she using right now? I'm pretty sure she just walked into the club room and picked up a violin. Yeah, yeah, because because later on, when she walks through the the ruined, just, just the ruined school filled with, I'm guessing, corpses and trash, she's like, "Hey, I don't have a violin. Can I borrow one?" So like, she seriously just like walked in, saw a violin, was like, "Well, all right, I can unload my trauma here." I mean, I used to be in band. You would be surprised how often that happened. <laughs> People unloading their trauma? People coming in and going, oh, I'm going to play this. <laughs> and just doing whatever the hell they want. <laughs> and you're like, that's mine. And my mouth was on that. Please stop. <laughs> like, so yeah. Totally understand her doing that. Unloading her trauma? Not so much. But going in and playing a random instrument because she can? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Well, Tara applauds her playing, but she brushes off the praise, saying that she actually hates violins. You know, if the, if this was written well, this plot line might have been good, but it wasn't. Instead, it was useless. And I was like, why is it in here? Because they need yep. something to connect the two timelines besides Wataru and uh, Atoya and, for some reason. And they can't make it something good? Did they ever? <laughs> I, I say Kiva is like a solid good, I'd say 60 to 70% of the time. Kiva is good because everything in Kiva is good except for the actual writing. <laughs> <sighs> We, we will have words later, ma'am. <laughs> Keep in mind, I love this show. <laughs> Elsewhere, at a prison, an inmate called Takashi Sugimura is playing some guards. I'm sad that this wasn't the Momotaro's voice actor because he does the he has the Momotaro's hair when he gets possessed by Lojikorka. So he is a Kosuke Yamamoto. Uh, it, it looks like all he did was uh, is uh, Sugimura, uh, and uh, Natsuki, her actress, is Rei Okamoto. Uh, she hasn't really done anything else with Common Rider or Tokusatsu besides that, but she has a Wikipedia page, so I assume she's you know a working actress at least. Uh, but yeah, Sugimura is playing some guards. The guard sees him, but he somehow throws them all off with a blast of energy. Which also kills them all, I believe, because they look dead. Yep. They just kind of limply all hang about, yeah. Murdered. This next sentence is about how, you know, Keisuke Nago is told about the jailbreak, but it does not mention the fact that Shima is rock climbing during this. And in a place other than the gym he's always at. I mean, it, I... it could be around the corner of that gym. But also, it lends credence to the idea that it's Shima's private gym, because he's talking about all the secret bullshit in front of this goddamn rock wall attendant. I mean, let's... Later in the movie, Wataru is not surprised that anybody knows about Fangires at all. Like, it just never occurs to him that that is weird, that people know about this stuff, so... To, to be fair, Wataru's a bit dumb. Well, you that's true. <laughs> Also, like, he tried to tell Keisuke Nago that he was Kiva. Ten seconds after, Keisuke was like, Where's Kiva? I'm gonna go kill him. He just points at himself. He's just like, right here? Are you gonna fight me? <laughs> Don't hit me, I'm adorable. <laughs> Three days after the jailbreak, Keisuke is being briefed about it by Shima. Shima tells him that over the course of 22 years worth of incarceration, Sugimura hasn't aged a day and has even survived his own execution. I mean, what is he, Paul Rudd? A... <laughs> Sorry, dumb joke. <laughs> this apparent supernatural quality to the case puts it under the purview of the BSO and that they think Sugimura might be a fangire. Do you know what else might have been under the uh, purview of the BSO? Do tell. The prison being built not on top of, but next to... Ancient demon, ancient demon ruins. Maybe they didn't know the ancient demon ruins were there. Why would they be looking for them? Because it's not hidden. It, it wasn't accidentally discovered. It's separated by a wall. A wall to an open-aired room with holes in the top that leads to the outside. 
I mean, construction workers just take, you know, they want to build their prison and they don't want to deal with environmental guidelines or having to deal with archaeological shit. They just box it up. It's fine. <laughs> the true villain of the film. <laughs> the true villain of the film. Construction. No, companies. the true villain is Toshiki Inoue. I mean, always. Elsewhere, next to a garbage dump, Sugimura is eating some discarded food. Kisuke approaches swipes one of his buttons and attempts to arrest him. Sugimura just grabs a bike and rides away to the school where he proceeds to take Natsuki hostage. Uh, I'm gonna say this. When uh, when Nago chases after Sugimura when like Nago's running and he's on the bike, I just thought, oh damn, it's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> he would love that comparison and it would be the smuggest asshole about it. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the time he chased that other guy. Buttons! Buttons! <laughs> Wataru intervenes in this hostage crisis with a fire extinguisher, enabling Keisuke to capture Sugimura. You know, I'm going to say, because I didn't remember this film, for the longest time, I thought Sugimura wasn't a criminal and that part of the movie would be making sure he didn't go to prison. Because, like... They kind of framed it like he was an innocent guy possessed by these demonic powers. But no, apparently he's just a serial killer that deserves to be executed on death's row. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just he's just an evil person. It's why we don't feel bad when Kiva kills him at the end. When when Kiva kicks him into the moon. <laughs> uh Keisuke hauls Sugimura into a police car and accompanies the escort back to prison. As they're driving, they get ambushed by the mummy and a new creature, a feminine gorgon or slash medusa. I will say one of the police officers that uh, is attacked by the legend Gorga uh, is the actor for Kamen Rider Zeronos from Kamen Rider Denno. Is it? I missed that. The suit actor or the face actor? Face actor. Wow, on the I left. I missed him. the picture I sent. <laughs> he looks so happy to be shooting these people. Whoever he should. Oh god, that is so. (laughs) He loves Toku. He just can't do it very often. Like he's in Dogangers too. Um, Also, uh, Naomi is in here. She's the cop that arrests uh, Otoya. I thought she looked familiar. Seiji is one of the cops, like in one of the other parts of the movie too. Uh, Yeah, he's the one that uh, tries to arrest Otoya before uh, uh, Naomi does. Yeah, and uh, one of the other cops later is the Momotaro's voice actor. Like, all of the cops are, like, uh, cameos the, the, the by, like, guard, suit actors. Officer Sanjo. His yeah. name is Officer Sanjo. <laughs> yeah. He will put respect on his name. Yeah, so he could say Ore Sanjo. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the legend Orga knock the police cart off-road and Sugimura and Keisuke exit the vehicle. The creatures kneel before Sugimura and address him as their lord. Sugimura just pisses his pants in response. Does he literally piss his pants? I missed that. We we, t- we get a close-up on his crotch as he wets himself. I was probably... Uh, for one, I was slightly drunk. For two, I was probably tweeting something. <laughs> God, I wish that were me. Yeah, just slightly drunk. <laughs> I had one drink. I mean, you'd have to be. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to watch this you. again. Let's have fun this time. <laughs> Screaming about how we can't film any vampire, any of this vampire show at night. 
or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Keisuke henchings into Iksa and tries fighting off these monsters. Iksa struggles against them as Wataru rides in and henchings into Kiva. As Kiva enters the fray, the mummy expresses disbelief at his presence. Kiva tries backing Iksa up against the mummy and Gorgon pair, but they both get their asses beat and knocked out of their respective rider forms. And then something that makes literally no sense considering what happens later in the movie happens. Yeah. The, the Legendorga won. They won. They had Kiva there. They had their king. Like, they had won. They won the fight. It was over. They could take over the world with nobody really being able to stop them. And then their agent, their their common rider shows up and saves Wataru and Keisuke. Why? Why was it to get infor- Was it to get on their good side so that they could like steal some information? What information was he stealing? Why? Why, Adam? Tell me why. I don't know. Tell me, Adam. I don't know. Why are you doing this to me, Adam? I don't know. I don't know. Stop. Please don't believe me. They wanted to get the Yeti suit in there. Like we gotta get, gotta get the Yeti suit. Yeah, he's like a fuzzy bat. I know. He's uh, supposed to be a yeti, but he's he's a fuzzy bat because he's a freaking Kiva suit re- <laughs> re- redone. Uh, yeah, his uh, uh, his his, cl- his claws are made from the claws of the Gigant race. The Gigant race are a, the Gigant-like race in Comrade Kiva. They reside in high altitude or in the snow mountain. They have two subspecies: Yeti and Cyclops. Their claws are used to develop Kamen Rider Wei's gigantic claw. We're, we're talking about Kamen Rider Ray, guys. It's, uh, as the Mummy and Gorgon, uh, as the Mummy and Gorgon advance on the, on Wataru and Keisuke, they get sort of slapped around by a silver Kivat-like creature. A door opens in the warehouse this is all taking place in, and a man in a white jacket comes walking in. The silver Kivat, called Ray Kivat, pops itself onto the man's belt and he henchings into a new common rider. Gracefully, gracefully yet violently. Snow everywhere falling softly as he fights. Because his show is ridiculous. Also, uh, Ray Kivat is an artificial intelligence created by the Triple Wing organization. So it's not an, it's not an actual Kivat. This new rider proceeds to beat the shit out of the mummy and Gorgon. For some reason. Yeah forcing them into retreat with Sugimura in tow. This new guy dehenshines, and Keisuke addresses him with respect for some reason. Put respect on the name. Yeah, as Shira Mine. Yeah, um, this actor is, uh, Sho- is uh, Shomu Yamamoto. Uh, he plays Taiga in Kamen Rider Kiva. So, yeah, he's basically what, from what I understand happened, is they filmed this show, and they liked him, or they filmed this movie, and they liked him so much, they were like, you know what, you should play the guy who's going to come in in a bit. That's why he's wearing a dumb wig, is to cover up that he's the, sa- the exact same actor. Like, that might not be true, that is what I have heard. I don't have a source, but from what I understand, it was just they they liked him so much that they put him... Either either they put him in the movie because they liked him so much, or uh, in the show, or they put him in the show because they liked him so much in the movie. Like, 
Okay, so uh, it aired in 2000 and... Uh, it, it aired in August 2008. Uh, when the Saints go marching on. Request time-altering battle. Yeah, so Taiga doesn't show up until episode 32, which was in September 2008. So the... the the timing works out like that for like him to have been like, hey, you're really good in this movie. Even if you're wearing a really stupid in, in his, wig. In his three scenes, in his total of three scenes, he's pretty good. I think it was more like he had really good, great chemistry with the cast, which is too true. Like he's in three scenes and you're just like, I love that guy. <laughs> like, hell yeah. I, 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 lo- I love Keisuke Nago's abusive ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Right? Like, you love him because he has great chemistry with everybody. Like, he just fits in super well. So I think that's what it was, was that he just... They were like, fuck casting this guy. We're just going to use him. Like... In uh-huh. a European castle, some elsewhere in Japan... Yeah, that's a weird sentence. Do you think Do you think maybe this is a... This is a... It's a Duran that, like, is just so old it doesn't bother moving? No, we don't see any dragon parts... Yeah. Plus, they like destroy it later, and it's a castle. Not if it was hibernating. What, what if they just kill the sleeping creature? So they landed it and then murdered the creature to keep the castle. <laughs> well, no. So like, obvi- obviously, everyone knows that Duran migratory patterns are based on the seasons, right? Castle Duran is, of course, an exception because of reasons. So everyone knows in August the castle Duran settle down and go into hibernation. All right, the Le- the Legendorga saw the castle like, oh, check it, this is a hibernating Duran. We can chill here for a few months. Okay. And then it got destroyed. Counter- the Counterpoint: Wouldn't people notice a giant fucking European castle appearing out of nowhere? Yeah, but wouldn't people notice that the fucking po- remaining power of the Legendorum is on the moon? Didn't Neil Armstrong didn't say anything like, hey, we found an <laughs> evil ass eye filled with demonic energy on the moon. What should we do? Maybe and it was just it. on a different part of the moon. That's fine. We see where it is on the moon. <laughs> it's straight in the middle of it. Keep it dumb. <laughs> it's fun. In this castle, Sugimura is sort of laying on a floating fainting couch. As the mummy, the gorgon, and two other monsters bid their lord to awaken. Sugimura gets off the couch, throws his glasses aside, and a demonic fiery image appears over him. So this castle set is the cheapest looking set. It looks like it's from 70s Doctor Who, and I love it. You're not wrong. I also, so much. I'm, I'm so glad that the idea of Sugimura being possessed by this powerful demon and not knowing what's going on which is a relatively interesting idea. In Café Maldemore, Shiramine introduces himself to the BSO as an operative of a similar monster hunting organization called the Worldwide Wing Association, or the 3WA. Uh, Megumi, who has been following canon, is like, hey, that doesn't make sense. There's, there, I didn't know there were other Fangire fighting organizations. And then everyone ignores her because they cannot have sanity in this movie. <laughs> it's because she's a lady in making sense. <laughs> uh-huh. The difference between these two, between the BSO and the 3WA, being that the 3WA is mainly combating a group of monsters called the Legendorga, 
which, mind you, haven't existed for centuries, probably. But okay, go off. Yeah, because they were supposedly sealed away. Like, like they're sealed away, but you have a whole organization to fight them and are developing things to fight them, despite the fact that we haven't seen them in a thousand years. I mean, I, I think they are they are Fangire fighting organizations, uh, a Fangire fighting organization, but they're like, hey, have you heard about this Legendorga shit? Oh, also, all of this is suspect because fucking not Taiga is working for the Legendorga for some reason. And also saved their lives for some reason. And is giving them this information they didn't have for some reason. (laughs) It's so bad. Adam, why? I don't know. It's so terrible. I don't know. Ask Inoue. Uh, Yeah, sure. I'll just call up Toshiki Inoue on my cell phone. Beep, beep, boop, beep. Hey, Toshiki Inoue? Oh, sorry. Uh, You're not Toshiki Inoue because I don't have his fucking number. He would 100% sit there and try to explain it to you, and it would still make no sense. Because that's the way he is. And it's kind of one of the things that we love about him. He's written good things because someone has stood behind him and slapped his hand and goes, No! No! (laughs) There should be a toy there. Not your drama. Put in a toy. (laughs) And then they just stopped chastising him, and he went nuts. And that's why we got Kiva. The Legendorga were sealed away by a past Kiva long ago. Shiramine goes on to say that Keisuke was once his pupil in the 3WA, but that he dropped out of the training. That is a state. Do you think that is a. I'll I'll go ahead and finish the sentence. That is a statement. (sighs) Sorry. I'm going to kill you. Try a bitch. Uh, uh, This. What? I just heard her. You killed her. I did it. I, I'm free. Mental powers. I did. I don't have to do the podcast anymore. I'm free. Holy shit! I'm a ghost now. <laughs> Are you gonna watch Ghost next? Uh, no, that show's too good. <laughs> yeah, this this account about K-Scape dropping out of the training is something he does not take very well. He he breaks his uh, button ring. Yep. So this is like a huge development for him that we just ignore and don't. Well, yeah, ever because talk about it's again. not canon and doesn't matter. Yeah, you think Keisuke would have told the his current employers at the BSO? Oh, there's there's this sort of other monster hunting organization. Well, well, Shima seems to know them. Like he got in contact with the head of the three WA. He did, but I don't think he knew about them. Before Shiramine talked Wait, about so, them. Wait, so Shiramine gave him the contact info for the head of the Worldwide Wing Association, knowing that he would say, "What, Shiramine? No, he betrayed us." No, I don't. No, I think Shima had the resources to, after learning they exist, figure out how to get into contact with them. By the way, do, do you do you think Keisuke actually failed the training to become a agent for them, or do you think that? Uh, uh, Shiramine, uh, like, washed him out because he was jealous or some shit. I think Shiramine was just an asshole. Yeah, I think that's where, like, you could probably be like, that's where Nago gets his attitude, because he probably sat there and was like, you're useless, you suck, you blah blah blah, whatever, all of that stuff that he does to freaking Megumi. Um, but, uh, why would he tell them that? Why would he tell them that he utterly failed when he reacts this way? He would just pretend it never happened and tell nobody. He's too proud. Right. So, it weirdly, 
actually make sense. This one spot, kind of. Shira May Ine further explains that the legend Orga can reproduce by infecting humans and turning them into more legend Orga. They continue by outlining the knowledge that Sugimura originally might have gained his supernatural abilities by finding some ruins underneath his prison 22 years ago during a prison riot in which Sugimura took a visiting violinist named Toa Sakakibara hostage. I have a question. How do they know it's this event and not any other fucking event that's happened to him the entire 22 years he's been in prison? There's no other event where he walks 10 feet to the left and entered the demonic ruins and was found cradling himself next to the goddamn tomb of some weird demon bullshit. <laughs> Are we sure? Because it's so close. So you might have got it a couple times. Amber, I am 100% sure that there is no other event in human history <laughs> that is any way more likely to have resulted in a demonic possession than those series of events. I don't know, maybe he had some bad fish at lunch. That's <laughs> <laughs> so bad fish. Oh, I'm sorry. If, if I was investigating this situation and somebody said, well, hold up, we don't know that it's the time he went to the demonic ruins and was found in the fetal position next to the goddamn tomb of the demon king. We okay. don't know if it was that that caused it to happen. I would punch that person in the face and be, guess what, you're off that the part. team. They don't know that part. They just know he took somebody hostage during a riot. And then ended up in the ruins. They say, yeah, he took a person hostage and then ended up in the demon ruins. Go Ten feet to his left. He's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so bad. I love it. It's so dumb. <laughs> separated by a foot of concrete. <laughs> Is it even a foot Everyone. of concrete? There's at least a one point where someone gets slammed on a wall in that prison and the wall moves. <laughs> I mean, was, wasn't it the zebra fang guy or, or as I like to call him, Officer Sanjo? <laughs> Didn't he like shoot Wait. some tentacles at the wall and that's what broke it? He he sent an energy blast. Right. Anyway, continue, Adam. Yeah, everyone remarks that it's too bad they can't change the past circumstances that caused Sugimura to be possessed. Or you could stab they, him in his sleep. Yeah, that works. This this auto, this pretty obviously fr frames that they're going to be using the goddamn time door. In Castle Duran, Kivat is telling Wataru that he can, in fact, go to the past to stop whatever made it so that Sugimura became host to the Legendora's master. So here's another one. Kivat wasn't there for this entire conversation. How does he know to tell Wataru that? Jiro, Jiro makes sense because he could be spying on them. Not he, I mean, he, he might have been hanging out the window. We, we see him like spying through the window before. He's just chilling outside, and he's got super bat hearing, so he overhears all of the conversations because he's just stalking Wataru all day in case he needs to bite him. Or, or maybe Wataru was like, "Yeah, this guy ended up in demonic ruins in the prison 22 years ago." <laughs> I would and like to see Wataru's dramatic retelling of that entire story. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened today at the cafe, Kimet? What? <laughs> Well, first of all, I met Nago-san's uh, ex-boyfriend. 
Kim Asley got popcorn. He loves the drama, so. Jiro <laughs> uh, and the other arms monsters come up and introduce Wataru to the door, the of, door time. of time. Dun, dun, dun. Adam hates the door of time. I, I, I hate love it. the door of time, but I understand why you hate it, because it is very stupid. Wataru then goes back to the past and gets warped on top of a, a toilet in a in a bathroom stall. There was small Yay. one small detail that I appreciated. When he's going through the door, they play the music that's the transition between the two timelines. Yeah. They uh they played it during the op- during the uh when the Toei logo popped up at the very start of the movie as well. Uh, I did appreciate that. Uh Oh, by the way, quick question. Adam, after finding out that he took a violinist hostage, how many seconds did it take you to realize it was Natsuki's mom? Oh, it took... It was very obvious. Honestly, we're going to be honest. I don't know if it was because it was late or I was slightly drunk, but I did not know until they told us. <laughs> and I was like, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> like, I just had no reaction. I was like, okay. Yeah, cool. That makes sense. Let's continue. Yeah, it was... It was obvious that Natsuki had parental issues. I hate the violin, which is definitely not a metaphor for my mother. Yep. Also, I do little to nothing to add to this story. Goodbye. Uh Uh-huh. So, Wataru gets warped back to the past, where he immediately sets out to find Toa. He finds her and tries asking her to cancel her prison concert but he gets punched by none other than his daddy dearest, Otoya Karenai. Who is just chasing tail again. I thought they were, I thought they thought that she was being attacked by a fang guy, or that's why they were, anyway, when I saw that goddamn, what the fuck is that? When I saw that goddamn purple uh, suit jacket, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, oh shit, it's my boy. <laughs> I knew who it was as soon as the fist came flying. I was like, it's Yeah, I know. Be- like, I, you see the fist and you realize that man's wearing a purple suit. Oh, shit. What, what, was, yeah. what was my t- tweet about that, Papa? Why do you hit me so? Because <laughs> he's just, <laughs> no, <laughs> you hit me. And he's so shocked looking at his own father. <gasps> uh-huh. <laughs> What follows is a wacky chase in which Wataru tries making off with Toa and Otoya and later Yuri try killing him under the belief that he's a fang guy. I absolutely love the scene where he's where he's jumping on one foot holding his foot like just like a dumbass and Yuri's just looking at him like, oh my god, why do I deal with you? I mean, at the same time, he, he, he might have broken some toes and that sucks. But oh, also, totally. Otoya, Otoya doesn't Otoya doesn't really try to kill Watcher. He just starts, he sort of beats him up a little bit. Yuri, on the other hand, is like, I have no evidence this guy is a monster. I'm going to kill him. Like, if 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 Watcher didn't, like, if that was a normal person who didn't dodge, Yuri would have just cut a man in half? Yep. How, how many people do you think she's killed? I think a lot. Oh. <laughs> Probably. Uh, like. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe she's just been lucky. That's why she's not taking any. That's why she's not taking any precautions. Yuri has never been lucky in her entire life. She met Kuranaya Toya. I mean, there's good sides to that. In pre-development, <laughs> Kuranaya Toya. Good sides to that. Also, the cops show up and try to arrest Toya for kidnapping. One of which is uh, Se- uh, Seiji Takai. What's his last name? Takaiwa. 
Yeah, one of which is Seiji Takaiwa, the suit actor for all the main common riders, who only retired like three years ago now, two. Huh. And he's not even retired. He's just well, well, not well the retired. Main. From, he's, he re- stepped re- back. Yeah, retired from the main role. Yeah, because he's still around and he still does stuff, even though he's very much like an he, older gentleman that probably like he's should been doing actually shit retire. Common Rider Black. Dang. Yeah, because he was Ninja Red in Kaku Ranger, so he's been doing this almost as long as I've been alive. I spent ninety minutes watching this movie. I could have been watching Kaku Ranger or Common Rider Black. Or anything that was actually good. I could have enjoyed my life. I could have spent it living to the fullest. Well, you didn't enjoy this? Oh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. But I could have been I could have been doing something that could have, you know, bettered my life or made me not ask these inane questions. I don't think Kaku Ranger is gonna better your life. It's fun and it's real good, but better your life mm, Comparatively. Love it. It's one of my favorites, but it- it's probably my second or third favorite Sentai, like because it has such a unique premise of the fact that they drive around rather than stay in one city. But also, uh, compared to this, it pretty much does better my life. Eventually, Otilia seizes Wataru and drives him off in a police car, of all things. As they're driving, Wataru figures out that Otilia is his father and tries convincing him that he came from the year 2008. They both end up getting arrested and are found guilty of attempted kidnapping because Japan has a 99% conviction rate. See, I like to think of it more that Atoya got put in jail for his crimes of hitting on that police lady. She was just like, fuck you. In jail, you uh, That that police lady was Rina Akiyama, who is uh, Naomi, the the cafe owner in the Deno liner, in the Den liner. And also uh, Maya, Maya Kazaya in Comrade Agito, my favorite Comrade show. In 2008, she was named to have the best butt in Japan. <laughs> oh no, sorry, 2007, I mean. To jail oh, that's a, for hitting on her. <laughs> that's a factoid. I think that was while she was on Deno, too. <laughs> I mean, she wore those pants. She wears like leather pants in Deno, so I understand it's where a, they it's got a, that It's a very from. nice butt. It's very good, but... Both father and son are sent to Kanto West Prison, the very same one that Sugimura should be at. Right on schedule, Sugimura cuts the power in the prison, takes Toa hostage with a glass shiv, and tries escaping. By the way, he escapes by going underground towards the cells. Otoya fakes an injury, causing a guard to come into his and Wataru's cell to check things out. Otoya takes this chance to bust out of their cell. He and Wataru then foil Sugimura's hostage-taking attempt. That uh, officer, uh, that was Momotaro's voice actor. Uh, his uh, his catchphrase is "Ore Sanjo," which means "I have arrived." Oh. In the translation that uh, I used, at least, uh, like they because you know they uh, what he says is "Ore Sanjo," I am Sanjo. When Otoya's like, "What's your name?" Me? Sanjo. But in the translation I had, it like it did it like, when's help, is help coming? And he's like, I have arrived. Just because, you know, translation issues. But yeah, his name is Officer Sanjo. He's like, who are you? Me? Sanjo. Then Atoy's like, sorry, Officer Sanjo, and just knocks him out. <laughs> they foil Sugimura's hostage attempt and uh, make it so 
supposedly make it so that Sugimura never finds the ruins under the prison. But yeah, Wataru time poops back to his school's classroom. Wataru's teacher notices that Wataru sem somehow came into class late and proceeds to ask him to solve a question. Uh, I can, hold, hold up, you missed the best part. Where he turns to Natsuki and say, Hey, Natsuki, how's the world? Is it peaceful? And she responds with, I mean, yeah, I guess. Same as usual. She's like, it's not different or weird in any way. Why are you asking? Also, you just teleported in here. I'm not going to deal with that. I did not notice that you teleported in. How did you sneak into this classroom past all of these people? But yeah, in response to Wataru saying that he cannot solve the question, the teacher sprouts snake appendages just like the Gorgon and proceeds to fuck shit up. So many of those students are dead. Everybody's dead and we're just going to gloss over it. Also, later, there are some students just hanging out in the school, which has been notably abandoned. And it's like, what the yeah. fuck? Wataru <laughs> uh, well, ruminates on the fact that the legend orga are still at large and the past hasn't changed at all. You know, what fuck. you could do is go back to the past, get to, get to Sugimura, and stab him in the throat. He's on death row! This is weird. Tiva is dark, but we can't get that dark. Like, So it's like, okay, instead of killing this death row inmate, we're going to let him murder minimum dozens. I mean, I agree. <laughs> but we are in the constraints of what is technically children's television. Why don't we feed him to the arms monsters off screen? Because they can murder people without repercussions. Yeah, just... just, just Sick Jiro on him, and he'll be like, Itadakimasu. Yeah, just just shove him full of coffee, and just put him near Jiro. Back in the 1986 prison, Otoya has noticed that Wataru has vanished. One of the inmates... Uh, no, not one of the inmates. Yeah. It's Officer Sanjo, actually. Well, no, it was this, he was wearing a jumpsuit. Yeah. No, no. It, it, was, it, was, I'm, it was, I'm pretty sure it was Officer Sanjo that, trans that did it. No, he's wearing a jumpsuit. I'm almost positive. Yeah. I bet you 10 bucks you're wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, did they make all... No, they didn't make all four of them monsters because the other two aren't monsters unless they show up somewhere. Hey, Fangire can live among humans peacefully. Or he's eating death row inmates. Why didn't he eat what's-his-face? Sugimura. Well, because, uh, he, because he got distracted being completely murdered. I also love how this Fangire, who works in the freaking prison, didn't notice the fr <laughs> the enemy of the Fangire's tomb in the next room over the entire time he worked yeah, He didn't there. go, hey, a bishop? Like, you know the Legendorga? Legendorga? You know that race that, like, really fucked us over that we, you know, sealed away? They built a prison next to the ruins. I'm just a little worried. Do you think maybe, like, you, King, Queen, and Rook might just sort of come over, check this shit out? Maybe that was his job. True. That's actually a logical explanation. <laughs> his job was to guard it. His job was to guard it. And after he died, there was no one to report in that. <laughs> oh my god, it actually makes sense. <laughs> um, by the way, his top half is the same as the horse fangire. His bottom half is either the rhinoceros or warthog fangire. I love the horsey fangire design, especially because he has the freaking jaw that moves, and they use yeah. it like, oh, I love it. It looks like a goddamn St. Haley. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just like somebody's hand in some rubber, and they're like... (laughs) So yeah, one of the prison guards, since I stand corrected, Sanjo, reveals himself to be a Fangire, specifically a pallet swap of the Fort Horse Fangire. He's the zebra Fangire. And he busts out of the cell that he was stuck in. Yuri comes running in and tosses the Ixa knuckle to Otoya, who henshines into Kamen Rider Ixa. During the ensuing fight, the horse Spangire blasts a hole in the prison wall, which seems kind of incompetent for a guy who theoretically guards this thing. God damn it, Sanjo, you had one job. Wait, wait, hold up. What if it's the other way around? What if he wasn't here to guard it? What if this was a long con where, like, he's actually a member of, like, a cult of legend, uh, Legendorga, like, worshipping Fangires, and it's like... I finally found out where the where the ruins are. Oh, soon I'll bide my time and be able to go and take the power of Ark for myself. I mean, that makes sense in Kiva context. <laughs> that sounds like a stupid plot twist to that show we'd use. Yeah, but yeah, the horse spank or zebra fingire, I guess, blasts that hole in the prison wall, revealing an underground chamber right next to this basement level cell block that Sugimura escapes into. I mean, is it underground? It's a basement. They go downstairs, for sure. I mean, they could have been on the second floor and then gone down to the first floor. No, I think it's a basement. Yeah, but also, there's moonlight coming in from above, which implies that it has a ceiling with holes in it. Yeah. Like, it's it's the least hidden, hidden ruins ever. Yeah, it's... Doctor Who level set building, like we just don't think about it. Everything's made of foam, and you I can think tell. about it. Within these ruins, Sugimura finds a stone sarcophagus that opens up, revealing a specter that proceeds to shove itself into Sugimura's head. Outside, Ixa finish o- finishes off the zebra fangire and dehenshines back into Otoya. Otoya steps into the ruins and sees Sugimura sitting catatonic in front of the sarcophagus. Sugimura gets taken away by the guards, and we cut back over to 2008. Can I say something? Please. The guards are not surprised at all about the ruins. They, they don't go like, what is this? Or like, look around. All of them head in and are like, no, these are just the ruins, whatever, and go grab Sugimura. I think they're distracted by the serial killer. A toilet? How? I... It's ancient ruins right where you work. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta make sure to put the serial killer away first. (laughs) You wouldn't at least go, what the fuck is this? I don't know. They just had a freaking horse monster attack them. Maybe (laughs) these people knew that the, first of all, none of them are concerned that Sandro, who brings everybody cupcakes on their birthday, (laughs) was turned out to actually be a monster. But also they're not, they don't even care that they're ancient ruins. Yep. Uh, that's so bad. I think I'm crying out of anger. (laughs) Back in 2008, Megami and Wataru are talking when Kengo shows up. However, the moon grows a fucking eyeball that looks directly at Kengo. Next thing we know, Kengo has been infected by the Legendorga and is creepily chanting, Kiva! Wait, did... Did we already see the lady drop her child, or is that after the Kengo thing? I can't remember. This is... That was before this, I believe. 
Yeah, this is the second time the eye turned people into monsters. And the first time, a woman is carrying her child and just drops it. She just drops her child. And it's just the funniest thing. <laughs> I just love that, like, hi, Kengo, you're an important character that we actually had in the show. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, look, it's Kengo, everyone's favorite. Oh, he, goodbye, Kengo. Yep. Yeah, Kengo and a bunch of other infectees proceed to attack Wataru and Megami. In 1986, Maldemore, Otoya has accepted the fact that Wataru is actually his son. He shows Yuri the yen bills and cell phone that Wataru had on him. Can we talk about the picture that is his wallpaper? Why, why does he have a picture of his father as his wallpaper on his phone? Let alone, it's a terrible photoshopped promo picture from like the Kiva promo photos. It, it's the same one that's next to the bloody rose, isn't it? Is it? I think so. I don't, I don't know, but it's a terrible. It's like a terrible photoshopped cut out picture. I, I mean, the only photos he has of his father are from like the eighties. So right, but. Why is his dad also, the background on his phone? Because like, he loves his papa. He loves this man that he's never met. Like, his mom could be the background on his phone. His mom raised him for a little while. Or, like, a cute picture of him and Kivette doing a pose. <laughs> Maya wouldn't pose for a picture. She's too good for that shit. There's, there's an entire arc about her doing that. We just covered <laughs> for that. A, for a photographic picture. Paint is one thing. <laughs> yeah, like... Why? Why Why do you have a picture of your dad that you've never met? In- I mean, because, because he never met him. Like, his mom, he has the memory of his mom. Uh, and she talked mad I, shit about Otoya, barked him up yeah, all, like, every day. Yeah, and, and Kivet's, like, there by his side, and it's like, yeah, I, I remember my mom. I have Kivet. What I don't, what I don't have is my dad. I just want a picture of him so I don't forget his face. Sure. I I could I can accept it, however begrudgingly. Uh, I I thought it was a random violinist, and I thought it was just like, <laughs> look. First of all, this is a cell phone, fucking wild, right? Second of all, this guy loves violin, so obviously he's my child. Also, uh, like he could operate the cell phone. <laughs> just needed I mean, to flip it. I don't think he needed. I mean, he to do operated much else. it by just flipping it open. Yeah. You. Like, you'd just be like, oh, look, hey, let's look at the background. This is a pit. No, oh my god, what the fuck? Like, it's not, it's like, it's like the, <laughs> the guard's not acknowledging the freaking ruins. He's not acknowledging that he's holding a phone in his hand that he can carry around. I mean, one thing at a time. First, he, he just found out time travel exists. Yeah, there, Yuri and Otoya are interrupted by Kivat, who brings them over to Castle Doran, with the intent of taking them to 2008. Adorable Castle Doran. He's so cute sleeping in the forest. Did, did they did they sneak past, like, Bishop and Queen and whatever other guards the Checkmate 4 have and then just quietly yeah. walked into the door of time? Yeah, exactly. Do you think Maya saw them as like, what's my future husband and his first wife doing here? Yeah, like there's like so much that does not make sense. <laughs> oh, also, Maya's the... Is like the personification of that meme. One day I will become ex, like X's second wife. What happened to my first wife? Nothing you can prove. <laughs> uh, in 2008, Wataru and Megami are being chased by the mob of Legendorga infectees. 
They grapple up a tower, but Megami gets knocked over by the Gargoyle Legend Orga. You know, do you know what would be very useful right now? The ability to transform into Kiva. Yeah, and he calls for Kivat. Wataru grabs her hand and she hangs off the edge, but the gargoyle starts stomping on Wataru as Wataru calls for Kivat. However, Otoya and Yuri come to the rescue and throw the gargoyle off the tower instead. Uh, cut to Cafe Maldemore, where the 2008 generation respectively fanboy and fangirl over their parents. I, I love that Otoya is in love with his child, because it's like, this is my child. My you are my beautiful son. Of course you're beautiful because you are my son. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my baby boy. This is my boy. The fruit of my loins. My genetic legacy. He is perfection. Look at him. He must be my son. Look at how gorgeous he is just like me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this man has half of my DNA in him, which makes him just as perfect as me because he is my son and he's amazing. Uh-huh. Also, how, lo how long do you think it took for... Uh, Otoya and Yuri to realize that uh, wa that Watsuru and Megumi weren't siblings? I don't think they asked. I don't think they came to that conclusion. I mean, think about it. At this point in time, like, they're together. They're, I don't know if they're living together at this point, but they're together, like, presumably for the long haul. And then they see, oh, this is my daughter and this is your son. Obviously, they're siblings. No. Actually, they, I, I, let's, let's point this out. We don't know where they are in the show. She might still be dating Jiro. So maybe they're not in it for the long haul. Maybe she's just like, this is my unfortunately horny co-worker that I have to deal with. Huh. Also, why is Jiro not here for this madness? <laughs> wait, wait, no, uh, we have we have touch lots here, which I'm pretty sure is after the Jiro bullshit. Yeah. Which means they are together. Oh, God, this show it fits nowhere in this show's timeline. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Natsuki is also taken to working part-time at the cafe for some reason. Well, because they needed her in the plot. And just do like need they need her as an employee in the cafe? Like, did, they don't have that many customers. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly, they just seem to be sort of a safe house for the BSO. I mean, I mean, they have a they they always, they always have like two or three customers in there whenever it's not a BSO meeting. Also, is she part of the BSO? Because they're just talking about time travel and Fangires right in front of her. And it's like, is she interning at the BSO? Is she training to become the next Megami or, or Naga? I don't know. Uh, oh, is pretty receptive to the idea of having a son, but Yuri treats Megami rather coldly. And splashes water in her face like it's a goddamn soap opera. Yep. Speaking of her, that outfit is fantastic. That is my favorite Yuri outfit of, like, all of her outfits. Agreed. I... I like that sort of pseudo-scarf she has. As as they talk, Toa's name comes up, and Otoya notes that Toa Sakakibara was actually a stage pseudonym, and that her real name was Natsumi Sukue. Otoya then asks if Natsuki is her daughter, which Natsuki angrily kind of denies, but confirms mostly. No, yes, no. Also, that's an extremely, like, common name. Like, to Toasaki Abara is a total bitch of a mom. Also, not my mom, but I'm sure if she was, she would be a total bitch. <laughs> but she's not. She's My mom, I mean, she is a total bitch. But she's <laughs> not my mom. Uh, at the Kurenai house, Wataru asks Otoya how to replicate the bloody rose. 
However, to Wataru's disappointment, the version of Otoya he's talking to hasn't crafted the Bloody Rose yet. So here's here's another thing that doesn't make sense. I'm pretty sure he gets Tatsula after that all the Jira bullshit, which is like literally leads right into the part where he makes the Bloody Rose. So uh, this no. He makes the Bloody Rose like 10 to 15 episodes after the Tatsuat. But he still would have met Maya at that point, and then we'd be having weird relationship drama. This shows I have not watched this show for like actually probably 10 years. <laughs> Except for the bits I've watched with you guys. Elsewhere, Megami and Yuri have a bit of a heart-to-heart. Yuri, she's still being standoffish, but she accepts that Megami is her daughter. And there's also a bathtub scene with Wataru and Otoya that I didn't really take notes for. Cause... Defense. Defense. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of this whole movie is Kivat being a butt sensor. Defense. Yeah. Defense. Also, Otoya just like rubs down Kochi Seto with lather so much. <laughs> oh, father and son taking a bath again. And he's just like, yeah, this is the first time. And I'm sitting here going, are we going to address the conversation that Atoya is dead? No, of course not. <laughs> I mean, Atoya says, he, Atoya says he doesn't want to hear about the future, so. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Otoya and Wataru, who is cross-dressing to avoid being recognized as Kiva by Legendorga Infectes, are up and about town. Also looking damn fine. Shiramine rides up and recognizes Otoya as something as a, as something of a legend within the monster hunting circles, I guess. They sit down with Shiramine, who rapidly becomes disillusioned with Otoya as he starts hitting on a girl nearby. Appropriate reaction to Otoya. <laughs> and then Watsu's like, Don't talk about my father like that. And it's Look cute. at him. He's a hoe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, uh, the girl that uh, the girl that Atoya flirts with, her character's name is Sayaka, and she's played by Natsuko Gal Sone, who is a competitive eater and singer. Oh, that makes sense, given how much... I was wondering if she looks familiar. Maybe I've seen her somewhere. Huh. But, yeah, the girl turns into the Gorgon legend Orga, who magically throws Otoya into the nearest parking garage of combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like in uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly, where uh, where they punch Broly so hard they enter the fight dimension. I think my fa- my favorite instance of this is from Ghost in the very first episode, where they're like in a forest and they punch somebody and they land on the beach. <laughs> oh, my my favorite is when they're in like a house. They throw him, and all of a sudden, they're in the middle of a meadow in the woods. <laughs> yeah, like, the first episode, literally, that was the problem I had with Ghost when it started, is the first episode, they do that, like, four times. Uh, it's like the temple to the middle of a forest, from the forest to the middle of the city, from the city to the beach. <laughs> I've, they just keep punching people. I've come to accept that space has no real meaning in Common Rider. It doesn't, but sometimes you're just like, really? <laughs> Come on now. Uh, all four of the legend orga come in and they start fighting however the arms monsters come in to back up kiva kiva proceeds to cycle through garlu doga and basha forms it's it's really cool because they do like um uh like match cutting and like uh the thing where like you know they replace like they move the camera replace go back Mm -hmm. then turn back to him it's very well cut 
I liked this scene. Yeah, I thought it was legitimately good. And I think it's the only time they have Kiva fight alongside the arms monsters instead of doing it in every freaking episode like they should have. So he can do this crazy cycling bullshit because it's awesome. But yeah, Kiva ends up killing the Mandrake Legendorga. The arms monsters end up chasing off the remaining three, but then Ray Kivat suddenly attacks Kiva. Shiramine appears and henshins into Kamen Rider Ray. Both of the Aso women come and try backing up Kiva, but Ray captures both of them and runs off. Of course he does. Why did he capture them when the person he wants to capture, the person. Kiva was right there, unable to move. Kiva was right there, unable to move. And Kiva is the one that he wants. Later, he sends a message to them saying, Hey, because we have the Aso woman, bring Kiva to us. You had Kiva. Yeah. Literally right there. But ladies, they're meant to be kidnapped, right? <laughs> oh no. Fuck. I just threw my glasses. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like... even a joke. They're now like 20 feet away. Oh no. <laughs> Fuck it, I'll do it blind. Okay. <laughs> and in Cafe Maldemore, Shima informs Wataru, Atoya, and Keisuke that he was able to get into contact with 3WA. Apparently, they had been developing a rider system similar to Ixa, but it couldn't be handled by normal humans. Shiramine, apparently, they deduce, or they deduce that Shiramine had apparently sided with the Legendorga. To gain the power needed to wield the ray system or, or some bullshit like that. I still can't see anything. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Natsuki is there and Otoya asks her why she dislikes her mother so much. Natsuki responds that her mother was so focused on performing that she never spent time with her. And uh, it's the flimsiest shit. Otoya then performs the song that Natsumi wrote, and that somehow erased the pain of years of neglect. So this is the true reveal of the movie, that Otoya, the violin genius, can actually play more than one song. Yep. I mean, if, your main, if, your, if your main song can cause flowers to bloom and heal the dead, like, I think you don't really step away from that song. <laughs> yeah, but what if you just want to play for fun, like, on the street and earn some change, but you're just making flowers bloom everywhere, and, like, the fucking funeral home behind you is going nuts because everybody's just coming back to life? <laughs> you need a normal song, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray Kivat then comes in and tells the bunch to follow him if they want to save Yuri and Megami. Wataru and Otoya follow Rei Kivad and have a bonding moment, which culminates in Wataru knocking out Otoya so as not to risk his life. Wataru then drives over to the castle where the Legendorga are hangout. In the castle's dungeon, Megami and Yuri have a heart-to-heart in which Yuri kind of fully accepts Megami as her daughter. Then, Wataru walks into the castle's throne room where Sugimura does the Legendorga infection thing to Wataru, turning him into a CGI bat-dragon thing and basically enslaving him. So, one thing I loved about this scene is when he hits him with it, and Kivat flies away and he hits the wall and he hits the ground as he makes the plastic noise, as if he's not, like, a living creature. Well, well obviously the Kivats evolved to have a pseudoplastic shell around their body. 
It helps protect them from blunt force trauma and predators. Obviously, it doesn't work very well because he gets knocked out. I mean, he got tied up. Yeah. <laughs> Still also, doesn't I, work very well. I, I love Watsuru's uh, Legendorga slash Fangire form. Oh, yeah. He just puts him in his Fangire form and is like, you're my pet birdie now. Yeah. He, like, even perches on Sugimura's arm like a parrot. It's so bad. Admittedly, I love his Fangire form. The Fangire form looks really cool. It looks so cool. Also, the fact that his Fangire form is a falcon and not a bat or anything like that. Uh, yeah, you would think. Like no, a bat it, it's a bat dragon thing, is it not? The CGI one? Or is there something I haven't seen yet? <laughs> the CGI one. To, to me, it looked like a falcon. But... The head. It's the head because it looks more like a falcony thing. It's supposed to be like a bat dragon thing, so you're not wrong. It's just the design is stupid. <laughs> Otoya comes in, and so does Keisuke as Iksa, but they both get their butts beat by the mummy, the gorgon, and the gargoyle. Uh, Megumi and Yuri bust out of their cell and insert themselves into the battle between Legendorga and Iksa. Keisuke gets the Iksa knuckle knocked away, which Megumi picks up, and Yuri picks up the 1986 version of the knuckle, and the Asos respectively henching into Proto-Iksa and Iksa, it started fighting the Legend Organ. I was like, oh my god, it happened. <laughs> they have a moment to be awesome yeah. for once. Safe and burst mode. Also, damn, I can't believe that uh, Yuri's going to have to deal with kidney stones after this. Seeing as how his servants are having trouble with the two Iksas, Sugimura tries sicking sort of bat dragon Wataru on them. However, Wataru gets intercepted by Otoya, who tanks a hit from... The CGI bat dragon gives a quick, I know you're in there speech. This was actually really good. It was all right. Was, like, I mean, it's not even, I know you're in there. It's a, I wouldn't mind being killed by my own son because I love you. But at the very least, kill me as yourself. Yeah. Oh, Toya embraces his bat dragon son and Wataru goes back to human form. What's Bishop doing doing during all this? Because he had to have noticed that the Le- Legendorga are here and it's like, is he just thinking, eh, it's fine, whatever. He's sitting back and, like, waiting until they kill, like, the people he needs to deal with for him. I think he would be taking preparations to, like, bring the Fangire race underground if the Legendorga are going to start ruling the world. Yeah. I don't know. That's just what I think. Uh, Tatsalot flies in and unbinds Kivat who's just been webbed up by the mummy earlier. Kivat then helps Wataru henshin into Kiva. Enraged, Sugimura henshins into the gigantic common Rider Ark. I love Ark. His design is great, and the idea of him being huge is kind of awesome. I like the design, but the fight choreography with giant, with the giant common Rider is just bad. Yeah, the idea is good. The execution, not as much. But the idea is cool. While this is going down, the gargoyle gets killed. Megami and Yuri pass their respective Iksa knuckles over to Otoya and Keisuke, who themselves... Wasn't it the Medusa that got killed? Because the gargoyle was killed by uh, Rey. That, that that was just before this. I kind of lo- glossed over that. But yeah, uh, Kamen Rider Rey comes in and tries freezing the the group. Uh, but Me- Megami, yeah. Megami and uh, Yuri. gargoyle. And uh, no, Yuri's Yuri's still in the castle. Uh, right. 
because Ray, Megami, Gargoyle, and Keisuke are in the forest, while uh, Megami and Atoya are in the castle. Yeah, the uh, Ray comes in. He tries freezing Megami, uh, but he freezes the gargoyle in the crossfire. And indignant at this, the gargoyle tries slapping Ray, but Ray just kills <laughs> <Slapping>. him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, also, like Ray tried to like leap and slash at Megami, but. She dodged and it hit the gargoyle instead. Yeah. So the gargoyle gets killed by Ray, because uh, villains can't be friends. Yeah. Also, um, when they pass him over and a toy is transforming, Yuri is just voguing in the background, like looking over her shoulder, like you know, posed, like you know, she's about to do something cool, while with uh, while with Nagosan and Megami, Megami's just standing like a normal human being. <laughs> it's just, you know, the 80s were a different time. Yeah, Megami and Yuri pass their respective knuckles over to Otoya and Keisuke, who then proceed to fight Kamen Rider Rei and the mummy Legend Orga. The Ixas end up defeating their respective opponents. By the way, apparently Ixa can fly? Because he, he jumps up, leaps into the air, and first you think, oh, it's just some, you know, wire work. Then he turns midair and, like, flies towards Rei. Yeah, the like weird, awkward wire work that I was just like, what? It's not the worst wire work I've seen. I've seen Ghost. Eventually, Ix Otoya Ix's helmet gets damaged, but he joins Kiva, who has assumed Emperor form during his fight against Ark. But Otoya gets knocked out, and Kiva ends up becoming that bat dragon thing again, and Dog fights Ark over a cityscape. Also destroys so many buildings. Yep. So... I was drunk when I said this last night, but I still agree, even sober, that not counting crossover movies, this is probably one of the best stupid giant CGI, CGI fights at the end. Because it's a pretty cool, like, dogfight. Even if it is, like, dumb, it's pretty cool. But, like, only non-crossover movies, because as soon as you get the crossover movies, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> it's so good. Like, what Watsu is just, like, fire. You can hear, like, the da 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 It's so good. Yeah. I love it. Like, it's super cool. Oh, and go to hell. Oh, right. Go to hell. I forgot it says that. Like, I have this belt, and I always leave it as, like, uh, the Legend Gorga, like, robot bat, because I think it's cute, because it's an old man. Um, but I forgot if you take its little faceplate off and put the put the fessel in there, it's just like, and it's a Go demon. to hell. Ark ends up absorbing the eye starro thing that was on the moon the whole time. Uh, he says, I will now absorb the rest of the power of the Legend Orga race, which is on the moon? Did, did, did the first Kiva put it there? Did... Yeah, he kicked it into the moon. Fair. I mean, he pro I mean, maybe he sage of six-pathed it. Maybe. Yeah, he kicked it into the moon and sealed it with his logo. That's what he did. Makes sense. <laughs> totally. It's a powerful logo. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, but yeah, as Kiva and One-Winged Angel, the arc dogfight, uh, Kiva summons Castle Duran and sort of combines with it and Ryder kicks Ark straight into the moon, planting the Kiva logo on it in the process and saving the day. Yeah, and kicking it back into orbit. Yes. Because the moon was 10 feet away from the Earth. It was about to Majora's mask the planet. I'm pretty sure the tides are all fucked up now. 
puts it back where it goes. I love how like finesse he has with his with his super Castle Doran kick that he can kick it right exactly where it needed to be back into orbit. Yeah. Also, I, I love I I like that, and I think it kind of tracks with the story because Kiva's always been like a a, a character slash creature that gains power from fusing together the different demon races. Because mm-hmm. standard Kiva is human, Fangire, and Kivats. And you add Tatsalot in there, who's whatever the fuck he is, he's even stronger. Then add in a Castle Duran, and now that's five races in that mix. I think, I'd have to look it up, but I think Tatsalot's just a baby Duran. He's a baby Dur- Whatever he is, he's a baby. That was the point. That's why he's annoying. Yeah. Uh, for the epilogue of the movie, we go to the Morira High School Cultural Festival and see that Natsuki and Wataru have ended up forming the Violin Appreciation Club that Wataru had proposed to Natsuki earlier. Who do you think their third member is? Because I'm pretty sure all, like, if anime has taught me anything, all clubs need three members. It's Atoya, this random adult that showed up and shouldn't be in high school. And it's probably very inappropriate around every high school student. But that's okay, let's let him join the club. Uh, by the way, Castle Duran is of the Duran race, while Tatsulat is called a uh, golden wyvern. He is a baby though, right? I think I'm thinking of Shu. Shu is a baby a baby wyvern they got, because I was reading Shu's entry. Um, the He's a baby wyvern they got fused with a windmill. I don't I don't think that uh that Tatsalot's a Duran though. Yeah. Yeah. You are probably correct. Uh, uh, let's finish this bullshit please. Yeah, we're we're going over time anyhow. <laughs> Sorry. Uh Wataru and Otoya perform a violin duet and the two thousand eight generation emotionally bids their parents farewell as they time poof back to nineteen eighty six. We end the movie with not with Wataru and Natsuki playing a duet, into which they put their love and appreciation for Otoya and Natsumi. And we get a cool ending song called Circle of Life. Uh, by the way, really quick, during the climactic fight with Ark, uh, Natsumi uh, went to the school, which by the way, everything is scattered and destroyed because of monster attack there. But two girls are just walking through the hall, I, probably having a date because they're lesbians. And Natsumi is just like, hey, can I borrow your violin? And they say yes. And she enters the wrecked classroom, probably littered with the corpses of her of her friends. And is like, time to play a song. Hey, she's emotionally traumatized. She's just trying to get it out. And that is Kamen Rider Kiva, uh, king of the castle in the demon world. Oh yeah, Ken goes at the uh, Ken goes at the concert, so we don't have to worry about him being dead. Yeah, or still infected. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna forego our normal segments and just jump into movie rating. Uh, Amber, would you like to give us a rating and tell you tell us what you thought of the movie? I love this movie. It is definitely stupid, but it's like all of the stupid fun things, like the fun stupid things about Kamen Rider Kiva in one movie. Like, it's it's all of its dumb flaws in an entertaining manner that you're just like, this movie is essentially what the TV series is, except shorter. Um, so I love it very much. I'm not going to give it a high rating because it's not a very good movie. Um, but I love it, so it's probably like a 7 out of 10. Like, it's much more fun if you're slightly inebriated. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm gonna give it a three because of the ruins. And also Common Rider Ray actively doing things that prevent his plan from succeeding. Yeah. Maybe he just, he already got his power. What does he need to be allied with them anymore? Yep. I'm giving it a six out of 10. It's this threw all the wrenches into an already fucked up background lore, but I think it was fine for what it was. I actually kind of regretting it only having gone about halfway through Kiva since this feels like such an emotional climax to the series. If, if not a plot one. Yeah. I think I watched it after... I think I saw it after the series was over. I think I watched all the movies after the series was over. Yeah, I liked the uh, the the interactions between the 2008 and 1986 characters. I, I thought that was good, but God, the Legend Orga are so half-baked. Yeah, I mean, that's all of the lore for Kiva, which is sad because like, if you actually look at it, it's really cool really interesting they just don't ever do anything with it or talk about it or any of those there's a race called the goblins that are talked about in the novel <sighs> they eat they eat people's flesh and cap take their bones and they were killed by the uh first king of the of the fangire did they talk about the digian race that is not the amagen from deno amber do you have anything you'd like to plug no i'm good if you want to follow me on Twitter because you find me amusing, I'm at Tokuswag. But that's about it. I don't do anything special at the moment. All right. Anna, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to plug the show Invincible. It's a good cartoon and infinitely better written than this movie. <laughs> I mean, that's true. It is very good. Lots of daddy issues. Yeah. Also, actually, lots of gore. Uh uh, yeah. Look look up a, look up some trigger warnings for it because there are lots of things that could be triggering. Oh my god, so many. Uh huh. As for me, you can find me. You can find us, the podcast, on Twitter at double underscore common. You can find me, Adam. I don't have a personal Twitter account, and I don't intend to. But if you like the sound of my voice, you can also hear me at Pokemon Primeval. It's a podcast that's a actual play RPG one. We posit different eras of the Pokemon world and sort of explore what they would be like using different roleplay systems. Joe? Hey. Sheet. 